Are you ready for some more XFL? I'm sure you are. Welcome back to XFL Extra, the podcast brought to you by XFLboard.com. I'm your host, Mark Nelson, and this is our 42nd episode. With the XFL Summer Showcases complete, we are now seeing players posting videos and analytics taken from their breakaway data application, where they can see specifics about their showcase workouts. It's a fascinating insight into the level of technology breakaway data brought to the XFL showcases. In this podcast, I will speak to two guests. First, you'll hear from Steve Guerra, founder and investor of Breakaway Data. Steve will talk about how the breakaway data system works and give some insight into what kinds of analytics their field labs technology can record. The second guest is wide receiver Kyle Castilia. Kyle recently attended the Arlington, Texas Showcase and is one of the players who has posted some of his breakaway data online. Kyle is an up-and-coming player who has a personal interest in player performance and is someone who is always looking to improve his game. We will talk about all that and hear the story of Kyle's fascinating story of a football career that's taken him to where he is today. I call this episode Breakout and Breakaway. It features a young football player who is making strides to break out into the realm of professional football and about a football coach, mentor, and technical wizard who is providing a tool that can give players and coaches a chance to break away from the pack. Are you ready? As usual, we won't waste any time. Let's get started. I'd like to welcome Steve Guerra to the podcast. Welcome, Steve. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Really excited to be talking with you. And, um, yeah, excited to be talking about the XFL. It's an amazing, um, you know, amazing league. Um, you know, it's our second, we, we were, we were part of XFL 2.0 and, um, in this version with DJ Danny and, um, you know, Redbird and Russ Brandon and everyone. We're really, really excited about it. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So you're a founder and investor in Breakaway Data, is that right? That's correct, yes. And what does Breakaway Data do? Just give us a, an overview. Yeah, so break, so so I'm a former NFL coach, uh, turned entrepreneur, investor, and and tech dude. And one of the things that um, over the you know past ten years that always kind of I've always been thinking about was uh, oftentimes the technology and um, data that's being used with athletes. It doesn't really speak to coaches. And a lot of times it really doesn't even speak to players. So a lot of times it really only kind of solves needs for sports scientists or sports analytics guys. And um, so what breakaway data is, it's a a venture that we created um, around this idea of a creating um, applied athlete data um, that really helps, uh, with scouting players, with coaching players, and, and with players being able to develop themselves, um, and then and then giving that data directly to athletes um, so that they can carry it with them from level to level to level, and um, and also from team to team to team throughout their career. Because you have a high school kid who matriculates and you know goes to college and plays there for a couple of years, and then he go and and then he or she goes to uh, goes to um, the pros, hopefully, right? And um, and being able to take all your information with you and uh, develop over time is really what we're all about. And that, that and creating data um, and insights that really drive um, real athlete development. And that, that's what we've done with the XFL with our both our Field Labs product and then also with our, um, our, direct, our, our natural breakaway app. So I see, as you pointed out, one of the points of breakaway data is to give athletes – um, a path or to be able to own and control their own data. Now, is that a, is that a game changer for athletes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we think so, you know, I mean, to date, the way that athletes typically get their information is, um, you know, a coach sits down and, and verbally gives it to them. Um, and, and then that gets lost. Um, and it's really highly dependent on, um, you know, that, that conversation right then and there. And then the second thing is, is that then, you know, there's also, a lot of information, um, you know, that a player might, you know, have, they may go work, they may go to a school like UCLA that's got a lot of 
really great systems in place um, and a really great way to communicate it. But then they move on into the NFL or the XFL, maybe they, or not, not the XFL in this case, but the NFL, and they get into a team that doesn't have as much uh, resource. And, um, and, and so what we do is we provide a level playing field so that um, athletes can just take their information with them. Um, but we want that information also to be really useful, which is a big part of our partnership with the XFL and the advent of our Field Labs product, which is, you know, what Field Labs is for us is it's, it's our on-field um, real positional movement um, lab. And what we have is we have an eight-camera array that sits on um, basically eight cameras that sit on a corner of the field. And then we take players out in, into the middle of it, and we have them um, get off the line of scrimmage and go rush the passer. We have them uh, get off the line of scrimmage and run a, um, a five-yard or ten-yard, uh, you know, uh, out route or um, a comeback. Um, hitch. Um, we have uh, quarterbacks actually throw a series of passes, you know, three step in rhythm, um, 15 yard outs, um, a five step with a hitch, 35 yard skinny post. And what we do is our cameras pick up how fast players move in those in that in that um, in that array, um, how they generate power, how they generate force. Um, what you know, if you have a, a defensive end who's who's going through our hoop drill, which is our pass rushing drill, um, we can tell you exactly how much bend they have and how fast they're moving when they're at peak bend, right? So when they're actually trying to get around and, and get skinny and get around that um, left tackle, we can actually tell you just like, you know, how, how they, how they generate their, all, all their power, all their athleticism. Um, and then we give that back to the players so that they can develop themselves. And then the XFL's case, we also give that information to the XFL so that they can look at players and find some of the players who maybe don't do so well in a three cone drill, but man, they really show up and they've got some really great physical characteristics that show up in the breakaway, um, in the breakaway drills and in the breakaway data, um, that then allows players who, who may not be your great classical testers, but, um, in this case might be able to just flat out ball. And, uh, and, and that's one of the main things that we're really doing with the league this year. Yeah. So with some of the coaches you've been working with, with the XFL, for example, uh, when they see the level of uh, data that you're providing, uh, some of them must be uh, a little bit impressed or, or shocked or impressed on what they what they're looking at, right? Well, I I I hope that they're shocked and impressed with the thoughtfulness that's gone into making this data relevant for them, because the truth is that um, you know this is a term um, that Chip Kelly uses called TBU, true but useless. And there's a lot of sports data out there that's true but useless, right? What what we're excited about is so far the reaction from coaches like Anthony Beck, you know, Terrell Buckley, you know, Rob Woodson is that that the data that we're giving back to them right now actually tells them how a player actually generates their power, generates their athleticism, and what makes that up, right? Um, and that they can actually use some of the our data to actually um, help coach players up who you may have a player who's really great at getting off the line of scrimmage, but maybe they're just not generating enough force when they actually, you know, um, try and set the edge on a run, on a run engagement. And so what we can do is we can actually show you where they're leaking power, right? So a coach can be very specific about the way that they coach that up. So what we've been really excited about is how, yeah, how the reception from the coaches so far on the applicability of the data that we're creating. Well, that's really interesting. So you're, you're also talking about not just, uh, selection of players and which players are the best uh, through analytics, but how can that player be coached and trained to be even better, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like some, the information that we're generating can be used to rack and stack players and look at them and say, here's literally the fastest. So let me give you an example. All right, really an even better example. So for years, coaches have been talking and scouts talk about well, they've got smooth for a cornerback or for a safety. They've got smooth hips and they can really flip their hips really well, right? So they can actually chase a a go route. That's but no one's ever actually put. In, you can't put a number to that, right? And you and, and very rarely do you talk about well, how, why are they so good at that, right? Why does a player why do they have, why are they, you know, really great at flipping their hips? Um, we can actually tell you the flip hip. We actually have a flip hip time, right? And now what we can tell you, though, as well, is why someone has a really good flip hip time or why they do not have a good flip hip time. Because it may be that there's some sort of imbalance 
you know, between left side, right side. It may be like an actual, we can, we can show you the biomechanics from ankle all the way to hips and how they're generating force. So that it may just be that a player is like stuck. Maybe they have an injury. Maybe they have, maybe they had a, a, an old injury that just really hasn't necessarily healed. Or maybe there's something that's like just like keeping them, you know, holding them back from actually being able to um, perform a move really well. And what, what we can do is we can actually start to scratch at that so that you can have a thoughtful conversation with an athlete around their own talent development. Well, that's really uh, cool and interesting. Now, uh, I've noticed that uh, some players have been uh, sharing their uh, breakaway data on their socials, and it's yeah. it's fascinating. Uh, for example, I saw a player that shared a 40-yard dash. Uh, I think it was a 40-yard dash, and it was ranked. We don't number- do the 40-yard dash. No, he was running a go route. Yeah, yeah, we don't do we don't do the okay. 40-yard dash. 40-yard dash is interesting, but what we do is we actually have him run a go route. Okay, so that it didn't actually say what the drill was. But it's, yeah, yeah, it yeah. showed him running, and it said he was ranked second and in the 99th percentile. Now, is that among yep. the participants in that session, or is it amongst a larger set of data? Yeah, so that so that right there is the uh, participants in that session um, for the individual you, who you are referring to. Now, here's the thing: that that was an earlier showcase, right? So now we have since had we had we had 1,300 athletes go through um, our our. Um, camera arrays during the course of five uh, showcases. We did every one but Hawaii, um, and um, because of that, you know that 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 number would have changed. But yes, that is in that is in relation to basically all the showcase participants. Now, we also have a database that is that is larger for some specific position groups, like quarterbacks and a few others. Um, but in that instance, right there for wide receivers, yeah, that was that was specific to the XFL. So that that ranking specific to the XFL. So you you know the player I'm talking about. You I think I saw that. Uh, I think you responded to that player on, on Twitter, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I respond to a lot of them. You yeah, know, I because that. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about how excited they are. Um, and like we've had players who have asked us, "Hey, I'm going to work on this. Can I come to LA and retest and bring it on? If 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 there are if any players who are listening to this, you know." Decide that hey, after going through those, you want to come out. That we're we are we are going to put on an event probably in September. Um, I'm thinking right now, um, but we need at least fifty, you know, fifty players to to come out here. Um, and, but if there are fifty players out there who want to come back out and retest, um, we'll bring out some sports scientists. We'll bring out some coaches, um, and we'll retest you. That's easy because yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because you know I think like the thing here is that when it comes to player data and athlete data, it should be about I love the fact that these players are putting out there because it should be about starting a conversation about, hey, this is how I perform. Now let's talk about what are the ways that I can either enhance my performance, refine it, optimize it. You know, those are the, and, and when players really start engaging with it, the way that they have with the breakaway data to date, like that, that's what starts that conversation. So it's really exciting. Yeah, exactly. And also the another question I had about that is uh, what are some tips you might have for these players to help them get noticed? Yeah, so I mean to help you get noticed. I mean, listen, I think the thing I was really impressed with um, during all the showcases was um, the desire and the passion that all these players had. Um, I get contacted by players via email, uh, DMs on social media, et cetera, et cetera. You know, every single week. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we're partners. We're we are. We're great partners of the XFL, and the XFL is a great partner for us. I, I unfortunately, I can only create data and then give it to the give it to um, uh, the scouts and the coaches at the league, and they're the ones who are going to end up um, selecting them. But here's what I can tell you: is that like you know they're looking for passionate players who really just show out and, and stand out as far as like you know athleticism, speed, all the things you really look for. So the best way that they can stand out is honestly just you know to show up at the showcases. Um, to create, you know, whether it's like film sessions or different pieces of, uh, you know, film on themselves and just make sure that it gets into the hands of, of folks at the XFL who, listen, they're taking on everything. If people are sending stuff to them in uh, to the XFL's um, football operations department, I know they're looking at it because uh, David Dykeman and everyone at the XFL, they're frequently sending me emails asking me about players, making sure that players have gotten their information through Breakaway. 
Um, and, uh, and so if, if you have information that you want to get to them, um, or you want to get to us, you know, just, just let it rip. Well, that sounds like a good tip, uh, for sure. Thank you. Now, uh, when it comes to the XFL, uh, coaches and teams making decisions about, uh, which players they may draft, will breakaway data be involved in the, in the XFL draft this fall directly? No, not to, no, not not anticipated to be directly. I mean, our reports. We're going to be explaining our reports, and we've already gone through a lot of that with uh, the DPPs and the coaches today. Um, you know, we're we're not going to be sitting in there and actually saying, telling anyone, "Hey, you should draft this guy. You should draft that guy." The way that we look at athlete data and all the data that we create is that ultimately we like to have an opinion on it. We believe that a a go route in our camera. Um, the data that we get from that, we believe that that is actually more valuable um, than um, to tell you how a player plays a position of wide receiver than a 40-yard dash. 40-yard dash is very, very valuable in the respect that it tells you historically how fast is this guy versus all the wide receivers who have come before them. But actually playing the position of football, we have a strong opinion that our information is is, is incredibly useful. Now, where where we stop is now how you start selecting players for respective teams. And here's why, because the truth is, is that the coaches who are coaching in the, uh, the XFL team, they know what they, how they want a game plan. They know how they want um, their football to not only look, but how their football to actually be practiced, be played, to be trained. Um, and so at the end of the day, we're all about like giving, giving information to the coaches and then stepping back and letting them use it. That all starts with making sure that that information is in coach speak and is in player speak. And that's what we excel at. And, and then we're going to let the, you know, the, the the smart folks at the XFL kind of roll with it from there. You really explained it well to me because I was part of me had this scenario where it would be like the movie Moneyball, where they would spit on a list of players and which was best, which no, is which is stupid. So it's stupid. But you, oh, that would be horrible. <laughs> I know. No, like that. That's horrible. Like, like here's the thing. Like everyone talks about like computers replacing coaches. That's ridiculous. Right. But computers should never. Data should never re- replace a coach's eye. It should never replace the way that scouts look at it. It's a tool. It's just a tool. That's all it is. It's another information. And and to date, part of the problem is that you have people who say, oh, well, we can automate the way that players are selected or we can, you know, moneyball this to death. Listen, some of the teams that use moneyball the best, they don't win, right? And so at the end of the day, you know, what I would say is that, like, the thing we love about the XFL so much is that it's a blended approach. We're Our, our breakaways, we're an information you know, point for them, not a decision point. They're the decision makers. Well, thanks. Thanks for explaining that. That that actually makes way more sense to me and and, and hopefully to the listeners of this podcast. I uh, really appreciate uh, how you put that. Now, uh, one of the things about the XFL is in the past, the XFL has made cutting edge strides in the game of football in different ways. Now, is this what we're talking about here in players player selection and player training? Is this cutting edge for the XFL? I mean, it's cutting edge for football. You know, XFL is the first league to really embrace this um, and to, to embrace, you know, using um, biomechanical driven data to understand how players, you know, play the game. Um, you know, other leagues have, have other sports and other leagues have, have dabbled in this, um, but typically it's in a, um, in a laboratory, um, you know, setting. We call our product a field lab because we take the lab out in the field. How most organizations and, and folks have used um, this type of information in the past, which tells you a lot about the way an athlete, you know, the way a player can express their athleticism. The way it's typically been used is it's, in, it's literally in a laboratory. So it's just in a, it's in a room and you jump up or you make me do a couple squats and then, and then someone tries to tell you, well, this is the type of athlete this player is. Um, and the truth is that once the player actually goes out of the field and starts playing, you have no idea. You, you really don't know. You you have to you actually have to see them play, and then you have to have um, data that actually talks to the way that they play. Um, and so the XFL is is absolutely. And we've we've been co-creating you know from the ground up with them because um, they've embraced it this way. Um, and so this is this is incredibly innovative. Um, it's 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 you know it, I think it's it's kudos to you know, Scott Harneman, Russ Brandon, Doug Whaley, Mark Ross, and everyone at the league for, you know, really embracing this, especially, you know, Danny, 
Garcia and Dwayne Johnson, I mean, for embracing it because, you know, it really is. It, and, and, and I'll tell you this much, like, you know, there are colleges that we've worked with. There are NFL teams that we've worked with. And, um, you know, the, the XFL is being, you know, applauded in some of those circles for, uh, for really stepping out there and embracing this because there are a lot of folks who want to see this become the industry, one of the industry standards for how you test and evaluate athletes. Well, that's good to hear. It's good to hear the XFL is uh, pushing the envelope. I appreciate you uh, explaining it the way you did uh, today. I think a lot of people will be very interested in what you had to say today, Steve. Well, thank Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you giving me um, some time to talk about it and explain. And, and like I said, yeah, if there's any players um, or folks out there who's listening and want to learn more, you know, you can always reach out to me direct at steve at breakawaydata.com. Um, really easy to find on the Internet, um, you know, especially, you know, through our website, breakawaydata.com. Uh, just hit us up, right? And if you want to fly out here and get retested um, or if you're a high school senior and you want to get your breakaway data or if you're in college and you want to get your breakaway data, um, like I said, we're going to hold an event in, in September. More information on that coming soon, but we're happy for anyone uh, who contacts us. Um, you know, you know, we're 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 eager to power the future of athleticism and the future of the modern athlete. Well, thanks, Steve. So everyone, uh, take note of uh, the uh, contact information Steve Guerra just gave, and if you want to just also follow him on Twitter, you can follow him at S F Guerra S F G E R A on Twitter. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You'll get a lot of really good information about uh, Spanish bullfighting, burritos, and football. Well, why not? It's all. <laughs> it all sounds very interesting to me. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Mark. I really appreciate it. You have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I'd like to welcome wide receiver Kyle Castaleja to the podcast. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be on. One of the reasons I wanted to connect with you is because you just came from uh, recently uh, from the XFL showcase in Arlington, Texas. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that, but let's go back a little bit. Now, you started out playing quarterback in your high school days, didn't you? Yeah, you went way back right there. Uh, I did. Um, I started out at Hearn High School. I played quarterback all four years. Um, and then when I left off to college, um, that's when my position changed. I started off as a safety in college. Um, but that was that was a weird time. I'll say right after high school up until, you know, maybe tw- 2019, uh, I really didn't know what position I, I was. Um, I was just an athlete. I uh, honestly could play any position on the field, um, but I was struggling to figure out what was most natural to me. Um, and I was a pretty, I was pretty dang good quarterback, but I was, you know, pretty small at the time. And it was just, you know, being realistic for where I wanted to go, they weren't going to cut it. Um, so I did, I did, I did play quarterback in high school. Went off to college to start off as a safety, and then in the spring they moved me to a wide receiver. Um, that was at Southwestern University. I also ran track there. Um, then I that was in 2014, 2015. Transferred over to Texas A&M. Um, tried to walk onto the team a couple times. Uh, didn't work out. Uh, ended up competing on their powerlifting team, and just always had that drive. Football was my drive. You know, everything I did was to make myself better for football. So, you know, tried to track in high school. I did track in college, but the goal was to make myself faster for football. I did powerless in the A&M, and it was just to buy time to make myself stronger for my next opportunity. Um, so I never left the game of football. Everything I did was, you know, really thought out and, and meticulously planned uh, for my next opportunity. And, you know, two failed attempts of, of trying to walk on at, at A&M, you know, I, rather than try to walk on again, I started looking for other opportunities. I only had two years of eligibility left. And so I started, you know, contacting a bunch of coaches. I was, I, was, I had my mind made up. I was going to transfer out. Um, I was going to go play somewhere else. Um, that's what I wanted to do. And I got in contact with one of the coaches over at SMU. And it worked out. I got accepted into SMU. Um, they were going to bring me in as a walk-on. Um, everything was, you know, was set. I had my next football opportunity. 
opportunity. Um, but being a walk-on, I wasn't going to be on scholarship. And so I had to go see how much money I could get for academics. And, you know, like I said just a while ago, I only had two years left. And academically, they were going to pay for one year. Um, but another year would have had to been out of pocket. And I think at that time, tuition was like $53,000, um, And I couldn't afford that. That was, you know, I had to make a, a decision for my future at that time. And I didn't go through with it. I, I stayed at A&M and I just had to let that opportunity go because, you know, $54,000 on top of what I already owed, that was, you know, just financially I had to make a smarter decision. So going back to A&M, I had to start looking for other other outlets to play. And uh, I made the decision to forego my last two years of college eligibility and start my pro journey. And that was in 2018. 2017 is when I decided to go work out for an arena team. The Texas Revolution, the CIF, they're, they, you know, they're, they're no longer around. now. I think they turned into the Frisco Fighters, but... At the time, there was the Texas Revolution in Frisco, Texas, and uh, I went to their workout in 2017. Still in college, but I, I, I probably had to date one of the best workouts I had. And I got invited to the mini camp in 2018, and uh, so I showed up to mini camp. I was there for about a week, and found out I had a baby on the way. And so, you know, again, you know, life just has a way of hitting you when you least expect it and you know faced with tough decisions I've always lived my life by the motto faith family and then football and you know family comes before football for me at the time I didn't know you know a boy or girl ended up being my my daughter Um, but my daughter came first and so I came on back came on back home and just went back to the drawing board what do I do now you know I finally had that opportunity I let it go going to be a dad and it's a decision I'd make a thousand times over if I had to went back to training you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do I was still a DB at the time so arena I was they brought me in as a defensive back I, I still didn't know what position I wanted to be I just you know stuck with DB because that's where the last position I played in college and you know that's where I had the most experience um post high school so that's what I stuck with and at the end of 2018 I went to my first round in the spring league um, down in Miami. Right after that, um, I got invited to the American Patriot League showcase um, down in Houston, and I just wasn't finding success um, at a DB. Uh, I just didn't feel like myself something wasn't right. I felt like I had to put in more work than everybody else just to be average. And so in 2019, I, I met. Uh, I ended up graduating from uh, college and met a few guys, uh, Terrence Colliver, um, Alfonso Jackson, Patrick Edwards, guys that have, you know, been in the league, guys who've had successful college careers, um, and they helped me make that transition from defensive back to receiver. And I had my mind made up if I was going to do it. I'm staying at the position. I'm going to put myself out there as a wide receiver. Um, so 2019 is the year. It's, it's I would say it's a, it was a pretty quiet year. If you go back and, and research the things, you know, I've done and my journey, 2019 is going to be a quiet year. And it's because I dedicated that entire year to making a successful transition uh, from defensive back to receiver. I wanted to make sure that when I put myself out there in front of scouts that I was, you know, it looked like I've been playing the position forever. Um, and it worked. In 2020, I went to the spring league in Las Vegas. Um, and that was my first showing as a wide receiver, and I ended up earning Coach's Choice Award there. Um, unfortunately, COVID hit right after, so anything that would have arose from that just kind of just died off. Um, and then uh, so we, I fought through COVID. You know, every everybody in, in the world did. It was a tough time on everybody, but we made it through. And coming out on the other end, 2021, uh, I had a few opportunities. Uh, I went to the National Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. I uh, played in the Black Diamond Showcase in Dallas, and a lot of this was just me getting my name back out there. Everything had been shut down. I needed fresh numbers. I needed uh, fresh film um, because I had the film from Spring League, and and that's the film I still use, but, you know, it was a year old at the time. You know, I couldn't get anything. 
because everything was shut down. So I had to find ways to get new film. So I went to the uh, Black Diamond Showcase and just kept training, kept training. 2022 came and uh, I went to the Pro Gridiron Showcase put on um, by CGS. So that was in, uh, that was up in Fort Worth. And that was a good showing. I had a very good showing there. And then got invited to the Hub football camp back in February. I attended that. Went to a CFL workout in April for uh, Winnipeg. And then uh, got invited to play with Team America at the Globe Bowl in Dallas most recently in June. And then July, I had my uh, showcase with the XFL. So I've been pushing. I've been pushing it. I've been getting my name out there. And uh, that brings me to date just now, just you know, back to training, back to the drawing board, figuring out where I go from here. Um, keep putting my name out there and showing coaches that, you know, looking at the success of where I came from to where I am now, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for the next opportunity. I'm ready for that next step. And I think I've proven it everywhere I've gone. Wow. Wow. That's a fascinating story, Kyle. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you know, listening to what you had to say about your career and I, and I researched your career before this interview, and I I saw most of the places you uh, uh, described in, in 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 your history, and and I saw the colleges you went to, and the fact you walked on at Texas A&M, uh, and of course you said you walked on twice. The impression I got was that in your career so far, you have not been handed much, and you had to go out and get everything you achieved. Would I be Would that be true? And that is you know, you hit the nail on the head. I've worked um, for everything. I've, I've, you know, obviously I've had mentors along the way, um, but nothing's ever been handed out. Um, every opportunity I've had, I've had to fight tooth and nail for it. Hub, you know, I've, when I finally got invited to Hub, I think I applied for it, you know, three or four times before that and got told no. I've been told no on this journey. You know, I can't, I couldn't even count. I could tell you how many times I've been told yes. It's probably three. Um, so I make the most of every opportunity I get. So you're exactly right. I, you know, I haven't been handed anything on this journey. So after you decided to uh, switch from defensive back to wide receiver, I read that you spent quite a while training yourself and transform yourself into a, a root runner. Uh, how did you do that? It, it goes back to those mentors I had. I, Terrence Tolliver, um, so he played in the NFL and the CFL. And he was, you know, a standout wide receiver at LSU. I think he had the biggest impact. Um, he really took me under his wing, and he showed me the things he learned. You know, so having, you know, not, I want to say skipping steps because you can't skip steps. You got to start somewhere, and you got to take every step necessary to be great. But it expedited the process. I didn't have to guess that. Okay, am I doing this right? Am I running the right route? Did I do this the right way? Because I had a mentor who's been you know, to those leagues, he's been at a high level and competed at a high level for multiple years. Um, so to have that kind of mentor to show me and, and help mold me, it gave me a really strong foundation, you know, and then from there, you know, I, I kept seeking out, you know, guys who were, you know, years and years beyond where I was at the time. And I, I was like a sponge. I soaked in everything. You know, I, I trained with, Terrence Tolliver, he gave me my foundation, but I think when I really started to become to the, the route runner that I am now, um, you know, how technical I am now and how quick I am now to be able to get in and out of my break, I think it goes back to uh, last year when I made it down to Miami and I had the privilege of training um, with the receiver factory. Um, and, you know, when I went there, he, you know, Jarvis Landry was there, Leonard Fournette was there. You know, so these big name guys are there and to be in the presence of them and, and to compare my athleticism to them and what separates them from me really elevated me pretty quick. You know, I was only there. I think I trained, I trained there one day, but in that one day, I felt like, you know, I learned, you know, what would have took me maybe you know, months back home just to have those kind of guys on that level. And I think that's important for young athletes to seek out knowledge from guys who have already done it. Um, it just it, you don't have to make the mistakes they make. I read a re review of uh, your experience at Hub Training Camp. Also, this just just this past February, and uh, it said great footwork and athleticism, quick learner, and can fit into any system. 
will represent any organization with the utmost class, professionalism, and effort. That sounds like you, right? Absolutely. Yes, sir, to a T. It must be nice for them to say those those things about you. You must feel good about that. It is. It's humbling. Um, and and I'm, I'm glad it, it's put out there because it's a, a testament to my character. I'm, I'm big on character, how I care myself, how I treat people, um, everybody with respect. Um, everything's a reflection of myself, how I care myself on the field, off the field, um, not only myself, but my teammates and my coaches as well. So character is really, really big for me so to put that out there um it, it does it makes me feel good um that i can get that you know that reputation of, of having high character um but then the the testament from them at talking about my athleticism um you know and i've always had great athleticism it's just always been raw and i and i would say within the past year um since i got back from you know, training with the receiver factory and, and continuing that training is when I've really gotten to take that raw athleticism and just really hone in on it. And, uh, you know, every experience I get, you know, hub was in February, but from hub to now, you know, I'm far beyond what I was at hub. You know, I had a good showing at hub, but if you were to watch me now, I'm way, but I'm, I would say in my opinion, I'm, you know, my routes are a lot crisp, more crisp. I'm faster. I'm stronger. And, if, you know, you take where I'm at now and you look at where I would be in December, it, you know, I'm only elevating from there. So it's a never-ending process of just um, progressing. Now, you attended the July 24th XFL Showcase in Arlington, Texas. And I, I saw one of the breakaway data videos with data that you posted from that showcase. What do you think of how breakaway data measured your performance in that showcase? What do you, what's your take on that? Breakaway data was new to me. I, I've never experienced that before. I've gone to workouts before when they test us on the 40 and they track our velocity, you know, but that's in a straight line speed and that's in, at any given moment during the 40 or maybe, you know, your max velocity within 40 yards. Breakaway data was different and it was exciting for me because I could finally put numbers to my route running, you know, and a lot of guys pass the eye test when they run routes. They're big, they're, you know, they got a lot of height on them, they're fast, um, and so their route looks great, but if you really break it down, you know, maybe they came in a little too high and it slowed their breakdown. Um, or, you know, they spent too much time, too many steps in their break. But because their feet are moving so fast, you don't really see that. And, you know, the foot, the feet are moving fast, but they're not, they're wasting time in and out of the break. It's not efficient. And so what I liked about breakaway data, I could see, you know, they videotaped me running my route, but then they put numbers to it. So, you know, I think if you go back and look at the video, it had the max speed, the, the cut time, the cut speed, and the approach speed. And so that's one thing I want to highlight. Like, when you run routes, you know, you don't have to come out full speed. All right, it's about controlling that speed, right? So I think the video I posted was like a 10-yard out. Um, so within 10 yards, you know, that's accelerating now the first step. And I, you know, before the break, I was at 14 miles an hour, right? And then coming out, I was at 17 miles an hour. So, and my cut time was 0.4 seconds. So within half a second, my speed changed three miles an hour. And that's a lot. You know, in half a second to go from 14 to 17, if a DB's not matching that, they're not catching me. And I didn't have to run full speed getting into my break. It's just, you know, that that illusion of speed like being able to change my speed and control it and being efficient in and out of the break i got in and out if you go look at the tape you can slow it down three steps one two three i was in and out um so i think it goes back to efficiency and breakaway did a great job at, at breaking that down um for not just for myself but for every athlete and we can take that that data and assess where we're at and improve as an athlete and move on from there so I, i'm i'm very pleased with um breakaway data and, and what they were able to provide us with if anyone's interested in what kyle the story kyle just told you about the uh, video and the, look at his uh, postings on twitter and on instagram and you'll see it there he's posted it and it shows how it actually shows how quick you accelerated uh, i actually saw that with my own eyes but the uh, the data the analytics data that was posted actually proved it as well so i thought that was cool Absolutely. And, you know, it's a plus that they show where, I, you know, where I rank among everybody else. 
I'm assuming at that showcase, I don't know if it's in their database or across all the showcases, I'm assuming it was at just the Texas showcase. But, you know, in three of those four categories posted, I was in the 90th percentile. Uh, max speed, I was in the 99th percentile. Right. You know, that's on that given route. So, I, you know, I, I got to take it in context, too. That was just on that one route. But to be proud of where I was and, and, and you know, relation to everybody else at that workout, you know, uh, that makes me feel pretty good. I, I can still look at those numbers and look at guys who have already gotten their draft invite and compare their numbers to mine, and I'm beating them on three of those four categories. Or we're the same. And so, um, you know, it's a good tool to, to reflect on yourself, but to compare yourself where you're at with everyone else, too, um, and how you stack up against the competition. So according to that, uh, what you posted, you were stacking up uh, very well against the competition. I, I mean, you can see with your own eyes based on the, uh, the rankings, the, the ranking that you got and the percentile. So uh, maybe a draft invite is in your future. Who knows, right? Uh, I, I pray for it, and I can hope. I put in the work, um, you know, and I'm doing what I need to do. And that just goes back to controlling what I can control. I can't control if they want to give me an invite or not. I can't control if, you know, I fit into a coach's system or not, but I can control the effort that I put in and the product that I put out on the field. And, um, you know, if any coach listens to this podcast, you know, I'm I'm a quick learner. The playbook isn't a problem for me to learn. Um, my routes are technical. I can run the route any way you need me to run the route. And, you know, my hands are consistent, um, soft hands consistent consistently catching the ball um and tough mentally and physically and so i just wanted to put that out there um because those are things you can't see on tape um a lot of them you can't see what's in the guy's head how they're able to grasp concepts and how they're able to learn a playbook or you know their mental toughness you can see their route running but everything else the intangibles you know that's hard to assess Exactly, and I'm glad to hear that the breakaway data is actually pointing out some of the uh, the analytics that you feel are important, as opposed to what would just be given in a 40-yard dash time in a, in a regular combine. Um, so I can see the breakaway data is probably useful to you in your future, and can it be used to improve your performance? Did you see anything there that you feel that it told you that where you uh, – or you could improve? Absolutely. Um, so obviously my approach free can be better. Um, you know, and I was in the 93 percentile. Um, you know, it's good, right? I'm not taking away from that. I'm, I'm proud of what I was able to accomplish, but I'm always looking at the little things. And, you know, I know, I understand what the data says, how fast I was able to get in, how fast I was able to get out. Um, but when I look at that data, I'm watching the film piece of it. I'm breaking it down. Because what that data doesn't tell you is, did I rise up right before I break? Did I give any signs uh, with my head or with my body that I was fixing to break that a defensive back could, could pick up on? Did I fall step coming out of my stance? Um, you know, and I know myself very well. So in my training, I record everything I do and I watch the film over and over. So I could look at any given point of any route that I've run on the field. I'm like, oh, I was lazy coming out of stance. I could have done better or I took an extra step, so I was a step behind. Like, I, I really, I break down film like crazy of myself. I know myself very well and to a T. I, I can walk out and warm up and know how I'm probably going to compete on that day and how I need to adjust. Um, so breakaway data is, is going to be very important moving forward um, to improve on, on the little thing. At the Arlington Showcase, did you get to meet the coaches and The Rock? So, yeah, at the Arlington Showcase, um, Dwayne Johnson was there. Uh, he came out and spoke uh, to the offense right before our session and gave us a few words that really resonated with me was, you know, being the 54th man, always being told you were good but not good enough. Um, and regardless of what happens, whether, you know, we make it to the extra, whether we have another opportunity or whether this is the end, to take that same passion and dedication we have and apply it to other aspects of our life. Um, so that it was it was it was a humbling experience to meet him. Um, and then all the coaches were there. Um, and that if that doesn't light a fire, I don't know what does to, to run routes and to compete 
you know, in front of guys like Hines Ward and Rod Woodson and, and Anthony Beck and, uh, you know, Bob Stoops, Wade Phillips, all these guys um, there and they're assessing your talent. And not just assessing your talent, but you're you're in a group of guys that not everybody was uh, had the privilege of being there. I think there was only 200 of us and that was it. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But, uh, you know, not everybody made it into this workout. There, You know, there's guys that didn't get accepted. There was guys that waited too late and got put on a waiting list and didn't make it in. Um, so it, it was humbling to be there. Uh, but when you get there, it's business. And, and that's how I look at it. That's the mindset I've had. That's the mindset I've had to grow into. It's a business. And, you know, a lot of things aren't personal. They're just making the best business moves they can. So i got to make sure that I'm an asset that they want. What would you bring to the XFL? What's your message for uh, the coaches? What would you bring to their league? Tenacity. Uh, you know, it, it, you can, you know, we've talked about in this, this podcast, you know, my work ethic and my dedication. Um, I think it'd be a ne- another type of, you know, a, just tenacity to the league. You know, we've talked about the professionalism I have, the class I have, the talent that I have and can bring. But I think, you know, to bring it every day from practice to the game, um, and it's contagious to the other guys and my teammates around me to have that same type of tenacity and play. You know, we all have that passion for the game, you know, but how we approach it and how we carry ourselves, um, I think is what I can bring to the league, you know, to to just, you know, enhance the fan experience, enhance, you know, the, the product that's put on the field, um, to make it a world-class organization, I think I can be a guy, be an asset um, to help that move forward. You work as a performance coach, don't you? And, and you are actually owner of a company called Five Star Performance and Fitness? Yes, sir. I started Five Star Performance and Fitness back in 2020. Um, and so what we specialize in is in performance training for athletes. Um from high school on up. Um, and so I'm on a daily basis. I'm, you know, I'm working with athletes and assessing their body movements and breaking down things for them. Um, and then I apply that same training um, to myself. And I've had to do that because, you know, growing up, I didn't have the, I say growing up, you know, high school and college and into now I don't have, I don't have that money to seek out these, these types of trainers that the guys, in the NFL and CFL may have access to a, because where I'm located, they're not around in this area and B, you know, financially, I wouldn't be able to afford that, you know, not on a long-term basis, you know? So what I've done throughout my journey, um, anybody I've had the privilege of training with or did the jobs I've had, um, like I interned at Sam Houston state university, their strength and conditioning, I'm there not for a job. I'm there to learn, and I take in everything that they teach me and the methods they use, the concepts that they teach their athletes, and I apply it to myself. You know, so now it's a way for me, you know, I'm I'm getting that high level of training, but I'm doing it myself. I have a full understanding of how to do it myself. You know, and it's great. I, I, I love the opportunity to train under other trainers um, because it takes that. It just I can just be an athlete at that point, you know, because sometimes it is tough to sit down and, and – think of my workouts and where I'm at and what I need to do to improve and to implement it and to make sure I have the equipment I need and then to show up and execute as opposed to if I had a trainer, I could just show up, make sure my body is, you know, hydrated, ready to go, show up, do what they tell me to do a hundred percent and go home and we'll, don't even have to think about it. You know, so in that instance, like I'd love to have a trainer, but the reality of it is I don't, and if I really want to improve and make that level, I got to do everything that I need to do to prepare myself. And that was a educating myself on how to train, how to recover, um, and and how to elevate myself from where I was. You know, when I look at that video from, you know, four or five years ago when I first really started, and man, I would do, <laughs> I don't know why I posted those videos. It's kind of embarrassing, I'm be honest. But to to look at those, I gave my success, I guess. You know, looking at where I started and where I'm at now, and you know, if I could do that with myself, I could do that with any athlete. They just got to be willing to put in the work. So, so that's where that came from. Um, 
Well, you sound very motivated. You sound like you're making great progress. And who knows where that will lead. I, you sound like a very busy man to me. It sounds like you've always got something on the go. Now, tell us just a little bit about your family. Uh, me and my wife, Esmeralda, have been together eight years. Um, we got married last year, um, back in June. And we have two daughters. Um, I have a four-year-old, or she's fixed, she'll be four next month, so she's getting ready to start preschool. And then I have a, a, a newborn at home, two months old. And so sleep has been a big thing. That's, taking naps during the day aren't there, so getting a full night's sleep is very important for me. Um, and, you know, when you reference me being a busy man, definitely a busy man. Um, because training is, you know, I have my own business training, but that right now it's supplemental i'm a teacher i'm a junior high teacher um, at the local school so i'm you know up training at you know i'm up at 4 30 training at 5 then i go to work um, with the kids teaching from 8 to 4 turn around and go train um, athletes and then come home and be a dad uh, so i'm always on the go I'm constantly going well kyle keep grinding is all i can say to you right now it's fascinating to hear your story and wonderful to hear where you've been and where, where you're going. Uh, people can hit you up on Twitter at KyleCastilia1 or on Instagram, KyleCastilia7. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right, Kyle. Thanks for joining our podcast today. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to my guests, Steve Guerra and Kyle Castilla. I hope you enjoyed today's interviews. You are welcome to come back next time, where we will have more guests and more XFL. Until next time, this was your host, Mark Nelson, and I hope you enjoyed XFL Extra, the XFLboard.com podcast. Mm-hmm.